What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to a recruiting edition of Locked On Badgers. We're going to talk about Xavier Lucas. Is any of that smoke with those Florida schools real? Plus, get into some big-time 25 prospects with Brian Smith on Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked on Badgers, your team every single day. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, and we're just going to get right into it. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions to apply. And we are bringing in Brian Smith, Lockdown's recruiting insider. Brian, let's, by the way, you told me last week if Wisconsin won the turnover battle, which we did three to one against Ohio State, that's that's what we needed to do. And we still lost by 14. <laughs> you know why? Because <laughs> I yeah. still have a new quarterback. That's just, I, I felt bad for him. Ohio State's defense is good, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't capitalize. Those numbers, that's worth 10 points conservatively. Yeah. They just failed. I mean, you win by two in the turnover battle at Camp Randall and lose by double digits, it's a sign of where your talent level is. And that's why I'm on this show right now. <laughs> that's it. We got to bring more in right now. It was a good <laughs> environment. Next time, we, we, next time, if you're ever in Madison, I would love to bring you to a night game in Camp Randall. It is a phenomenal. Oh, sure. I'd like to go. Um, with the Who is it from the traditional Pac-12 that Badgers play next year? I've Oregon. seen the schedule. Who? Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. Yep. That game will be, I mean, I'll take Oregon right now, but I, I, I like, uh, that would be, that's so, about as good a cross-reference, like just randomness. Oh. Come on, that's what college football is. I'm in if we can find a ticket, but I ain't paying 500 bucks to go either. So, so that's the thing. Yeah, next year, not to get too far off this, Wisconsin plays Alabama in Camp Randall. They have Oregon, <laughs> they get Penn State, and they play at USC. That's a schedule. <laughs> that is difficult. That is, <laughs> which is what, what, that brings us to some talent that needs to come to Madison. Uh, I want to start here. We talked about Xavier Lucas a ton. Uh, Lucas was on the show. Really enjoyed talking to him. But there remains this kind of question about the Miami school, Miami, Florida State. Do you think the smoke there is real? Are those schools going to try to flip Lucas? Let's start with Florida State. That was the original school that I was told was most likely out of the big three of Florida, Florida State, and Miami to offer him. They've hit the home run so far with DB recruiting. They got KJ Bolden and all these guys. They got like three guys that can play for any school in the country, like play early. And they haven't had a DB class like that in years. So Lucas is kind of like next up. A couple of them are still on the fence with the, whether they sign with Florida State. So that brings up two sub points. Number one, when exactly would they find out? And number two, based on that first part, would they have enough time then to get Luke? Like, it's all timing stuff with Florida State. Uh, their DB class is insane. With Miami, they've got a pretty good DB class, but the corner spot is more projection. It's not where Florida State's is. And I think that that's the school you got to worry about more. From what I've heard, there's a good chance that he's coming to Miami uh, to check them out. Either it's this weekend, next week. He's right down the road, so... I don't really worry about the dates, but they need corners and big DBs more. That's their one Achilles on defense. They've got some pretty decent DBs, 
but none of them are a true lockdown guy that can take away a number one, at least not right now, based on production, they, like the size and athleticism they do. But you just kind of keep loading the gun and get as many bullets as you can. But Miami, just like you would at Wisconsin, that would be the school I would worry about more because they definitely need that now. If they make a charge at him and he lives from Coral Gables, 25 miles, 30 miles, you know, that's pretty accessible. And Mario Cristobal is a great recruiter. Let's see if he does take the visit, how it goes. But, yeah, there's smoke there. And uh, Florida State's on the back burner, too. What's your feel on those two schools and their level of interest in Lucas? Are they legitimate, really, really interested, or is it they're still in a bit of an evaluation period? Are there other, I guess well, I want to say, are there other DBs are also looking at to potentially fill a spot there? Oh, both of, both of them are. These are two schools that it's not hard to get DBs. I know your, your listeners get tired of me talking about Florida D, but there's a gazillion of them. It's, it's, they pick more than they recruit down here. It's just true. Like uh, at one point, I think it was the 2020 team for Bama, all four of their DBs were from Broward, which is Fort Lauderdale. All four, like from that, that county. It's just, it's insane. So they have a larger list trying to figure out fit and all that is, you know, they just do it like Wisconsin or everybody else would. When you come to campus, do we get along? Is everything a, a mesh family atmosphere, all that stuff? They still have to do that just like anybody else. And I don't know what Lucas is going to be like. I don't really know him. I've been around him, but he has to figure out, hey, is it best for me to, to go off to Wisconsin or is it better for me to stay home, go to Miami FSU? Those things are still being determined and it's, we're in a little bit of a flux, but the next week to three weeks, we should know a lot more because there'll be a lot of movement. November 1st, this is something I've told somebody on one of the other lockdown podcasts. It's the beginning of flip season. Yeah. Just in general, it's not like Wisconsin, but it's from Connecticut to LA, from LA to Houston, from Houston, to Chicago, it's everywhere. So we're going to see kids move. And when one school loses a kid, they got to try to grab somebody and it's just a carousel. So everybody is in flux. Will that get to Lucas in Wisconsin? We're going to find out. Oh, one more question on the cornerbacks. Because you and I have talked about uh, Lucas a lot. We've talked about Agard. we talked about Jay Harper. Comparing Lucas and Agard specifically, because uh, when you're looking at this class, we're talking specifically how big of a loss would an Xavier Lucas be, for example. Is it fair to say Agard is probably the safer of the two, but Lucas has the higher upside just because he's bigger? I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. Agard, in a perfect world, would be one of your two starters, but he could also be a flex guy. He's been coached very well. I don't know if he's a kid that's going to play right away because it depends on what system they want to run long term or how they want to do things. But by his sophomore year, I have a hard time seeing him not being a consistent contributor, if not a starter at nickel or corner, you know, however they want to use it. Lucas, though, you can't teach the measurables. Mm. This is what I would like to call a Kirby Smart special. Like, they're to a point at Georgia where if you don't meet certain measurables, they don't give a crap how good you are on the field like at high school because they, they know they can coach. They'll take a less productive high school kid, but with all the measurables, and it works out. And obviously their defense is very good. But he's a kid that has such a high upside because he's just starting to get over the hump. I communicated with Coach Smith at American Heritage recently. And he loves his upside. And he can play corner, in his opinion, at the next level. If you're over six foot, you can play corner, man. There, there's a gazillion schools that are going to be interested. And he's at American Heritage. I mean, they play elite programs week in, week out. 
and they murder most of them too. So he's getting the opportunity to play that competition. It won't be as big a jump to take the next step to go to the Big Ten, ACC, SEC, whatever. He'll be just fine. That's great stuff. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to talk about, we had some questions with the running backs from our subtext group. Um, specifically, Darren Debris, how does he compare to other Alabama-type running backs that they've offered? And which of these three running backs coming in next year does Brian think is college-ready day one? We're going to do that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our good friends of the show over at Game Time. Game Time is the absolute best place to buy any tickets to any venue, to any event. And if you're like me and you have trouble, I don't know, planning, Focusing on logistics, all these things that plague me in my life, Game Time is there for you. You can do they have flash sales, so you get the last minute deals on the best prices. There's pictures of the seats, so you you know exactly what you're going to see when you sit down. There's no surprises. Plus, they have the biggest inventory of tickets across all types of events. I've talked about it, theater, concert, music, sports, whatever it is. Game Time is there for you, and it's no longer a reason for for tickets to be stressful. It's simple. It's easy. Game time has solved that problem in the ticket market. Snake the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code lockdown college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code lockdown college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed game time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's bring Brian back in to this conversation here. Brian, we had a question about uh, the running backs in the, the 24 class, the three of them coming in. Uh, the first question we had was specifically about Daring Debris. I had an Alabama offer a month or two ago. Uh, I, we talked a little bit of when that happened about should we be worried about him flipping, but there was a follow-on question. How does he compare to other Alabama-type running backs? He's an all-around back. Catches, can run. He's physical enough to be a pass protector. You don't need to add just a little bit of weight probably, but – He's a plug-and-play kid in terms of like system for what Alabama does. He's a little of everything. The only thing he lacks is that top-end speed that separates the five-star kid from the four-star kid, that kind of deal. Very good football player. Uh, to put it in comparison, and a program that Wisconsin fans are certainly familiar with, he reminds me of a lot of Iowa running backs. They find the hole. They may not run 4-3, but they're really good and they're really consistent. That's what I would compare him with. Alabama has one of their kids. McClellan is a lot like him right now. He's, he's a kid that was from Dallas that was highly recruited. I think he's much like him, and I think he can be a contributor. Wisconsin, again, their system has changed so much compared to what it used to be. I'd be curious to see how they would use him, but he can catch. And I think he's a guy that by his sophomore year could be a consistent contributor. I hate placing you know, stigma of a freshman, oh, you're going to play right away. There are very few kids I will say that about. Um, but he's one of those guys that will at least have a shot. I know you and I have mentioned off air that the depth at Wisconsin in the running back room is not ideal at the moment. Obviously, injuries are part of it. But uh, let me use an example. Auburn is thinking about just going with five running backs next year. And that may sound like a lot. But as an example, last year, Miami was at like four. And then by the middle of the season, they had a walk on that was like the backup. It Running back, you're going to lose a couple guys during the year. Yep. I don't care what school you are, and it can be three or four. It's a brutal position, so you have to be careful. Ohio State was in that spot. Remember the game last year against Michigan? They started the true freshman. He was fourth on the depth chart a few weeks yep. before. you got to have guys. So Wisconsin needs to be at minimum about five, and I, I don't know who's coming back, who's leaving. 
They got to figure that stuff out at the end of the year, but they probably need at least two running backs in this class. And they currently have three. I think that's a smart move. Worst case scenario, you redshirt one of them, but Dupree could be one of the guys that gets some playing time. Well, that leads into the next question we got from the subtext. Which of these three running backs, you got Jones, you got Dupree, and you got Gideon Atuka. Which of these do you feel most confident? That's a day one, he can play right away type of guy. Jones. It's not close. He it's has not- a little bit more speed. He's got more speed. That's Wisconsin needs the ability to hit more home runs. Look, I, I don't doubt that the coaching staff they brought in, the North Carolina OC, et cetera, he knows how to score. But you can only design the play. At the end of the day, it's about players. One of my all-time favorite quotes, and it's just an admonishment that, hey, this is the best way for me to get it done. Some I don't know who asked this or how they got it out of it, but it's just brilliant. Somebody asked Bowden about what his theory was overall when he was building Florida State. He was, you know, he was an all shucks, just kind of basic guy. Anyway, he says, well, I always figured that if I had better players than you, I was probably going to win. Yeah. And it worked out really well for them. They had 14 straight years. They finished in the top four. So <laughs> he just out-recruited everybody. Was he as good a game day coach as some other guys? Maybe not. But by golly, you were not going to bring out more talent than him. This is the kind of guy that could have played at Florida State in the 90s and been just fine. He could have started at Florida State when they were number one in the country. I have no doubts about it. Getting him out of Maryland is a coup because this is an NFL-level running back at some point, and I think he could be like their number two guy. I'm assuming one of the two guys that are banged up right now is coming back. I I don't know the situation, but usually that's kind of how it works. If not, it wouldn't shock me if Dylan ended up being the guy that started next year at some point because he has the physical tools to make you miss, run over you, and run away from you. Those are things you're looking for if you're a Badgers fan. It feels like when Wisconsin verbal three running backs this class, and obviously people still have to sign. We're not quite to that point yet, but it feels like fans were a little nervous. Well, if you get three, someone's going to decommit. Someone's going to transfer. Two, two-parter on this. A, isn't that kind of the point? Like you stack talent and the people who don't play kind of transfer. And then the second part is running back feels like the spot where you can do that. And people don't necessarily have to transfer because people are going to get hurt. The ball's going to get spread around. First part, yes. Second part, if they transfer, so be it. But the other part to that, this is another thing that Bowden and Holtz and a whole bunch of guys, Schimbeckler, always used to do. You sign the best athlete. If it works out at spot A, whatever that young man wants to play, great. But if it doesn't, if you're a great athlete, you can play safety. You can play nickel. You can play outside line. But they'll find something for you. Now, the one kid, I can't pronounce his last name. He's a running back. I mean, his bill, that's, yeah, that's what he does. But the other two technically could play in the defensive secondary and they'd be fine. You're always looking for the ability to move guys to maximize your roster. I'm not saying I would suggest that because I think both are running backs and both are quality running backs, obviously. But Wisconsin's on the right path here. When you take guys that have the ability to play more than one spot, it's a good thing. Wisconsin's doing that. They're getting versatility. And they're getting home run hitters, too. I mean, these guys are really good football players. They're going to make players miss in space. You know, like we talk about Ohio State a lot on this show. Ryan Day's a good coach, but mm-hmm. his wide receivers make everybody miss. Ryan Day's not doing that. He just recruited them. Urban used to talk about that. He, he, I, I think the number's too low, but you say it's 50% recruiting, 50% coaching. I think it's about 80% recruiting now, especially with the spread. If you get a guy out, out wide 
that's just more nifty than one guy because of the field being spread. He just got to make one guy miss and it's over. That's what you're trying to do. And these guys can catch, they can run, they can block. Wisconsin's on the right path. So I think Dylan's the most likely hit, but the other two are good players too. And it's okay if they've over recruited a little bit, it'll work itself out one way or another. Yeah. I just want to finish up with Dylan because it, it feels like you and I think we talked about this before. You mentioned that he was your favorite player in this class period. Like obviously yeah. we've mentioned running backs, but is there anything else that kind of sticks out when you watch him? We've mentioned the speed. Um, obviously he's built physically well. He runs with a lot of um, really clean moments. There's no wasted movement with him. Yeah. He breaks tackles, catches the ball. Is there anything there that maybe you look at and you say, that's the one thing I don't know if I love with Dylan Jones? Um, he's not a pure track star and he's not 230. I mean, right. you know what I mean? Like there are two or three kids this year on college football, um, you know, estimate at Notre Dame, guys like that, but you can't, he's 235 or whatever. That, that's just rare. Other than that, like he's as pure a running back as you get into your point from earlier, Alabama predominantly has had a lot of guys in that 200 to 210 pound range that just make guys miss, but they can catch. Wisconsin is following that mold. As a rule, it's good to follow what Nick Saban does. Mm-hmm. Just saying. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, and I don't think the Badgers are either. Get really good players in there that are versatile. If you're going to run spread, that way you can run tempo. At some point, they have to get to the point they can run tempo. But uh, the second part of that is they got to get better receivers if you're going to go fast. I mean, they got to get way better receivers. Running back is there, though, with this class. That's part one. Part two next year, they got to go another notch up with receivers, and then the, you're you're on your way. So, Wisconsin offensive line part, I'm not too worried about. Well, let's talk about one of those receivers coming up in the 25 class that the Badgers do have an offer out for. We're coming up next with that on Locked On Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the the absolute best way to play daily fantasy sports. It's the, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America for a reason. It's because you don't have to compete with thousands of other people crunching numbers all day. It's just you against the stats. You you pick two between two and six players and the stat projection. Are they going to go over or are they going to go under? That's all prize picks is. And if you hit on those, you win. The money rolls in. That's it. You don't have to compete with these people who do this every day, all day, where you have no chance. Prize picks has solved that. And it's why it has grown so quickly. It is easy to use, really fast. You can make your picks and get in and out in under 60 seconds. Plus, with Apple Pay, they have the easiest and simplest way to get money deposited into your account when you win. Price Picks is the absolute most enjoyable daily fantasy sports platform that I have ever used. And it's the reason I continue to use it, continue to go back to it. PrizePicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get uh, Brian Smith back on here. Our Lockdowns Recruiting Insider brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, Brian, 225 kids that uh, we had a question about in the subtext. The first one, let's start with Dalen McCutcheon, uh, big time four star running our receiver out of Lovejoy, Texas, six foot, about 180 pounds. Fun in open space. The film is is very enjoyable. Uh, what were your thoughts on Dalen? To quite a while ago, um, very good player in terms of the ability to make you miss, but he's natural at catching the ball, and he's from the Dallas area. 
Dallas is about as good as it gets in terms of just pure talent in the country. So every day when he goes out to practice or he's playing at a game, he's going to see another Division One player more than likely. It's not much different than Atlanta or Miami or Houston. It's 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 elite. So I think he's a kid that can pick his school. And this is kind of a bellwether recruit for Wisconsin. This kid has offers from all the schools that you would think of, SEC, Big 12, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Like those kind of schools are all going to be interested. At some point, Wisconsin's got to start getting some of those guys. I don't know how you do it if you don't show production, but you still got to do it. It's the catch-22. Maybe they're going to use the fact that Longo has done so well in North Carolina and some of those guys have went on and had success after playing for the Tar Heels. I'm not sure, but this is the kind of guy that can come in and start for Wisconsin. Make you miss, great catch radius, goes out and gets it, makes guys miss in space, the whole gamut. There's really not much to talk about with him that's not good. He just needs to get physically stronger, which, you know, that's fine. I'd rather have a kid that's a piece of clay than somebody that's a stiff board that's already maxed out. You know, let the Wisconsin coaching staff figure it out with the strength and conditioning coaches. So I love that kid's film, and he's a big-time player. And let's shift to uh, Gabe Kaminsky, the 2025 Strong side defense been coming out of uh, Illinois, another three, four star guy, good offer list, a lot of Big Ten schools in on Gabe Kaminsky. I thought the, this is another one where he's disruptive. He kind of flashes on film. Uh, what were your thoughts on Kaminsky when you watched him play? Hard nosed Midwest kid. This is a traditional Wisconsin kind of recruit. He's a good player. I don't know how you rank him long term. I need to see how much bigger he gets and what's he, what he's going to do. Is he going to be a strong side end, weak side end, whatever? But you're not going to mess up with saying that he, he's going to get after it and he's going to play hard every down. Now the question is how fast and how twitchy can he be as he gets bigger to figure out the exact position or, you know, and depending on what kind of defense he wants to play in. If he plays in a multiple, like Wisconsin's going to run, it might benefit him. He could play some stand-up, that jack position or whatever you want to call it, but he might outgrow it too. Wisconsin, though, this is the kind of kid they've traditionally gotten out of the greater Chicagoland area. He would be another fit in that regard. So I wouldn't be surprised if they prioritized him. Well, and he feels like he feels like a guy when you watch the film. Um, he's got a couple different ways to beat a blocker. He can go inside. He has kind of an outside rip move. Yeah. But to your point, it's hard to tell just how how twitchy he is, right? If It felt like yeah. uh, there times where if I, I, I hate to use the term effort sacks. Because effort, effort is a skill. Not everybody plays with effort. Like yes. that is a real, Very that true. is a real skill. But it felt mm-hmm. like times it was maybe not the athleticism always showing through. He's not a five-star kid. He's probably not a four-star kid. He's a high three-star that has the upside you're looking for long-term. And he would probably be a rotational player at Michigan or Ohio State. But he can play there. Can he get to elite status? I'm not sure about that but you're not going to lose anything by taking him either. So there's a happy medium for lack of a better term. And at the same point, JJ Watt was much like him coming out of high school too. So it's, it's hard sometimes when a kid's not finished developing, like obviously JJ wasn't even close. He's probably an exception and he was longer, but it's still the same principle. We're only getting part of what he can do. Seeing his full junior film, I'll have a better idea. He can probably give a little better prognostication. Yeah, and there is something to the fact of you got to just throw some bodies at the wall. I mean, you have to you have to get good bodies, right? But you need bodies. Depth, there. man. Yeah. If you look at the teams around college football and just take your Badger glasses off now if you're a fan out there listening to this, 
Think about the teams that have gotten their hind end kicked in the last three, four weeks randomly. The biggest reason for it is depth in the number of games you play in a row consecutively. Like Louisville is a random team. They're up and down like a yo-yo. They smash Notre Dame, turn around, get killed by Pittsburgh. Notre Dame played Pittsburgh last week and beat them by 51. Mm-hmm. 51! It, it's depth. It's talent. When you're like Georgia and you have an off week, you have so many bullets in your gun, you can still win. It, that's why recruiting matters. They have off weeks too, and it drives Kirby and guys like that nuts. Certain teams, no matter what he does in practice, he can tell them he's going to cut their hands off. They're not going to be up for certain teams like Vanderbilt. They're not. That's why recruiting matters. You have to just have more talent than the other team to throw at a wall, to kind of use what you said. He is Brian Smith. This has been the uh, Recruiting Weekly Inside Look at the Badgers. Uh, Brian, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Go follow him at fbscout underscore Florida. Uh, you heard it here. He thinks uh, Kaminsky could be J.J. Watt. We're going to write that down. <laughs> with a little ledger. Um, anyway, Brian, thank you as always. I really do appreciate it. For everybody tuning in, thank you so much. We're going to talk later today. Uh, have our, our weekly call-in show. So on Wisconsin, we'll talk tomorrow.